you for listening to another inspiring message from The Movement Church. To find out more about The Movement Church, you can check out our website at theocmovement.com or follow us on Facebook and Instagram at The OC Movement. Come on, second service. Good morning. Oh man, you are always on point, always doing great. It's good to see you. You picked the right Sunday to be at the Movement Church. We are in the middle of a series that is just pretty impressive what God's doing through it. And I'm excited to tell you about that. Before I dive in, I, I forgot to tell you earlier that we're actually going to take another trip to Africa in the spring of next year to the actual feeding site. And uh, the building should be completed then. And so I want to invite you, if you'd like to join us, you're welcome to. Uh, you can text the word Africa to the number on the screen or to give you the information. We've got a, an information meeting coming up so you can find out all the details. You can go to the meeting and not commit to going to Africa. It's okay, but it's pretty game changing, especially if you are a part of sponsoring a child at our care point because you'll actually get to meet the child that you're sponsoring. So it's pretty awesome. So sign up for that. But I want to tell you too, at the Movement Church, we are committed we are invested. In fact, one of our main priorities has been and always will be this next generation. The generation that is behind us, not because they will be great leaders, but because they are great leaders today, right here, right now. So as a result, we're committed to funneling resources and finances as a church into empowering your son and your daughter to the student movement that we have here, just believing that God's going to do something amazing in their life, speaking life and destiny and purpose and hope into their life. And we do that on a weekend and week basis, a week out basis. But here's what the truth. Sometimes, how many of you would agree, we just need to have some fun? Can I get an amen from some people? The two of you, the rest of you do not like fun. But as for me, my name is Carrie, and I like to party. And so we are going to throw a party of epic proportion on August 13th, immediately following second service. Everybody say summer blast. Come on, say it like you mean it. Say summer blast. We have so many inflatables coming, I can't even give you the list of inflatables. We have a dunk tank so you can dunk Pastor Joe and Pastor Katie, and I've heard tell they're going to make me get in the dunk tank as well. We've got a Kona ice snow cone truck on its way. We've got churros. Everybody say churros. It is going to be unbelievable. A balloon artist, and we've got free movement kids fidget spinners for every child in attendance. No adults, you may not have them. I'm so sorry. But this is for kids of all ages, whether you have children of your own or you're just a big kid at heart. Plan to hang out with us August 13th, immediately following the service just outside. It is going to be awesome. But listen, don't come alone. Bring your friends. In fact, invite everybody you know. If you have children, invite your children's friends because it's going to be just what it's called, a summer blast, and you do not want to miss out. We'll be handing out information about this on your way out today, but also you can text the word invite to the number on the screen. And what that will do is it will immediately deduct $1,000 from your bank account. I'm kidding, just making sure you're listening. It won't take any of your personal information. All we're going to do is send you a PDF, which just means an image of the invite. So then instead of just having to carry out an invite around with you, you can text it to all of your friends 
and your kids, friends, moms, and dads, because it's going to be awesome. Don't miss out. I'm telling you, just the opportunity to dunk Pastor Joe will be worth it. And maybe we'll throw Megan in there. We'll see what happens. And Jessica Parham. Whatever we can do to make everybody have the most fun possible. Well, let's dive into today. We're in part three of a series called Freeway. And what a series is, it's just a, a, a series of sermons strung together very similar to a book. Each Sunday is a different chapter, represents a different component. And this is a little different than other series. It builds upon each other. So I want to just challenge you, make sure you're here in this series. And if you've missed it, no worries, we've got you covered. Check out the podcast and catch up. But what's even cooler about it is that this series isn't designed just around Sunday mornings and our time together here. This series is really designed around connect groups. We believe that life change happens in circles and not in rows. When you actually are able to sit down with somebody and talk about what you're walking through, the good things, the bad things, and everything in between. We're walking through this book called Freeway together in our connect groups. Mine meets on Saturdays. We met just yesterday. It was absolutely amazing. And they're meeting out throughout the week, different times of the week, different days of the week. And you can jump in still. It's not too late. But I want to challenge you to dive in with everything that you got. And let me tell you why. Just look up here for one minute before we go too much further. All of us in this room have a story being told about our life. We have different chapters, and each one of those chapters represent different things. And here's the thing that I know to be true about the story of your life and mine, is that they come with both beauty and with pain. You cannot escape this life without experiencing both. And what we do with the pain that we experience in life has a profound effect on our future. And unfortunately, I know this to be true, that many of us are walking through life just enduring the hurts and the pains from our past. Just enduring it. And listen, if you're here today and you're not sure what it is you believe, permission to belong before you believe, but if you're here today you say, man, I'm a Christ follower. I'm doing everything I can to live my life to follow Jesus. I want to just tell you something. I want to encourage you with this, that Jesus didn't die so that you and I could live a life of slavery to our hurts, habits, and hang-ups, but so many of us are. There's hope. There's an answer. Jesus died so that you and I could live life the free way. And that's what this series is about. Last week, we unpacked awareness and how awareness increases when hurry decreases. And so many of us are unaware of the things in our life, the spiritual blind spots in our life, because we're living life at 350 miles an hour. We talked about how hurry decreases when contentment increases. But today, we're going to talk about step two in freeway, and that's discovery. Everybody say discovery. Everybody say open your eyes. That's the title of today's message, open your eyes. Let's pray. Before we do that, let me just ask you one thing. We've got about 33 minutes together. Unless you don't laugh at me, and it'll be probably 67 minutes, and I've canceled all of your lunch reservations, so. Can we just for a few moments be open to what the possibilities are? I know I don't know each of you individually, but I think God organized and orchestrated your life to be here right now. Crazy. So why not give it the most that we've got and just be open? Like that song, Jesus have your way. I think if we'll do that, God will kind of, in his own unique way, do what he does so well and just help us identify the things we can work on 
so that we can leave here today changed. You don't have to leave here the same. But here's the kicker. You get to choose. You don't have to believe everything I say. You don't have to agree with everything I say. But the way that God works is he'll uniquely just kind of lean in right where you're seated in that extremely comfortable metal chair. And just be like, hey, that's for you. So let me pray. Would you bow your heads and just close your eyes? Nobody moving or looking around. God, we just thank you that you've already been in this place and you're doing something so significant. We don't want to leave here the same. We, we want to see change, God. So we just ask that you have your way. Jesus, have your way. Right here, right now. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Amen just means I agree or yeah, that's awesome or the pastor's really good looking. All of them apply. So my daughter laughed extremely loud at that part. That was awkward. Hey, this whole series, the goal of this series is about freedom, experiencing freedom. And that might be a daunting term for some of us because we immediately might think of an actual physical slavery, yet so many of us live our lives in bondage to the hurt and pain and the challenges from yesterday. And it actually affects every component and relationship that we get into and we bring the hurts and the pains and the habits and the hang-ups from yesterday into today and this whole series is about experiencing freedom from that but in order to experience freedom from our hurt and pains and our past we'll actually have to face our fears and this is challenging the fears of the lies that we've been listening to or telling ourselves for years or weeks or months or decades. and The unresolved pain from yesterday and the relationship that I was in or hurt from my past. And here's the bigger challenge, I think, for most of us. It means that we'll actually have to trust God. And I think that's challenging, to trust Him with my past, to trust Him with my present, to trust Him with my future. The very thing that I'm scared to face. There's a writer in the Bible, his name is David, and he talked about this, he wrote this one specific verse that's so powerful, and I think it's kind of like a prayer that you and I could have today, but if we read it without paying attention, we can take it out of context. It's found in Psalm chapter 139, it'll be on the screens behind me. If you want to follow along with my notes, you can text the word notes to the number that we use over and over again, but look at what this verse says. David's writing and he says, search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offensive way in me and then lead me in the way everlasting. In other words, lead me in the direction and the path that you have for me. And if we're not careful, many might think that David is saying, okay, God, you search my heart and you see what, what's the challenge, what's the problem. But if you rewind, rewind this chapter to the very beginning, the first verse, the same writer writes something a little bit different. In the first verse of this chapter, David said, you have searched me, and you know me. You know when I sit, and you know when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You're familiar with all of my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you know it completely. God knows you. He already knows your story. So the invitation here isn't God... Can you know my story? But the invitation here is, God, would you help me 
know me. I think if many of us were being honest, I shared this last week, but if many of us were being honest, if I could sit down across the table from you at Starbucks and just talk about your story, you would probably come to a point, as would I, where I would, might be honest with myself and say something along the fact that if I'm being honest about myself, I don't really know the fullness about myself. So David is saying, hey, God, you help me to know me. And the daunting part of this is so many of us try to do this without God involved. And if we try to find out the truth about ourselves without God, it's a disaster. However, my friends, I'm here to tell you that discovering the truth about ourselves with a loving God means that healing is possible. But first, I have to open my eyes. Somebody say, open my eyes. I want to read a little bit of this book that we're walking through as, a, as connect groups, and it's on page 82, so when you get to it this week, you can kind of remember back to it, but there's this quick little section that I thought was pretty profound in relation to discovery and opening my eyes, and this is what Mike Foster says. Jesus says that we don't have to be afraid of who we really are. In order to be free, we must run toward the pain, not away from it. As philosopher Soren Kierkegaard wrote, to dare is to lose one's footing momentarily, but not to dare is to lose oneself. If we can't face our fears, then we can't really change. True spiritual growth means asking the tough questions and going forward into the darkness, armed with a dozen flashlights of truth. It is a beauty, a beautifully poetic process that awakens hidden passions, fears, and other artifacts in the deep spaces of our souls. The spiritual quest, the quest for true healing always starts with honest questions. It is filled with wondrous curiosity and asks, who am I really? What are my weaknesses? I think this is a challenging question that is worth exploring, and that is who tells me who I am? Most of us have gotten really good at listening to the lies of the enemy. Or maybe for those of us that are crippled by fear, what nagging fears do I constantly carry around like a knapsack or a backpack with my life? What do I dwell on? The, what past experiences, what, what challenges, what words that were spoken do I dwell on? Here's another great question that I think is a hindrance for mo many of us progressing towards what God has for us. How authentic am I? And then lastly, how receptive am I? To change. This, my friends, is the launch pad into freedom's heavenly places. I want you to help me out with something. I need a little bit of crowd participation, so don't freak out. Everybody, do me a favor. I want you to go ahead and stand up. I got a couple friends coming up. Everybody, stand to your feet. It's okay. We're not changing the order of service. Everything's going to be all right. Here's what I want you to do. Now, don't, don't just act like you're going to do it and be rebellious and not do this, but I want everybody just to stand there, and I want you to take your right foot and lift it out in front of you and just hold it up for a couple of seconds. You guys are doing a great job. Now, don't hold the chair. Don't hold the chair, you cheaters, or your friend's shoulder. Now, put it down. Now, here's what I want you to do. Everybody, close your eyes. I'm going to spray you with water. It's okay. No, I'm kidding. No water. Close your eyes. I can see you looking at me. Stop looking. Close your eyes. Now, lift your right foot forward again. Isn't it interesting? All of you are wobbling. Some of you got it down. Okay, you may be seated. Isn't it interesting how when we close our eyes, we tend to lose our balance? 
And once we lose our balance, we start reaching and grasping for something that can support us. Guys, come on over here. They're going to help me out with a little experiment. You, you may or may not realize this, but you and I, as we walk through life, we have things that are circling around us on a consistent basis. There are things that, that are unique specifically to you, usually in reference to the challenges that you face. And for the sake of today, we're going to call them medicators. If you've studied psychology or if you've studied therapy, then you know that when life gets crazy and we get out of balance, we reach out to our medicators. When we don't know how to handle life, we reach out to something that helps me feel stable again, like many of you did with your eyes closed, lifting the leg in front of you. You reached out for the chair or the person next to you. You're just hoping you didn't bump into your stranger that was seated to your, seated to your right. So as life is going around, as these medicators are circling, and they're different for all of us. They're different for all of us. For some, it's alcohol. And I'm not talking about a, a glass of wine after dinner. I'm talking about using alcohol to cope with the stress or the pain of life. For others, it's pills. And sure, the doctor may have given you a prescription, but now it's gone far beyond the need that you once had. For some, it's an inappropriate relationship. Maybe as you look through the course of your life, you see relationship after relationship with people that you shouldn't be in relationships with. For others, this might sound silly and superfluous. It can be ex excessive exercise. Just constantly going and running and jogging and watching my steps. And, and I just, it's, it's, it's what I use to bring some kind of control because I'm out of balance and oh, I got to go run again. For others, it's achievement or success or drugs. We have these medicators that are circling our life, and when we are out of balance, we reach for them for help, and usually it's when we have our eyes closed. You guys can go sit down. Would y'all give it up for my medicators? Some good-looking medicators. The Bible talks about these as well, only the Bible doesn't refer to them as medicators. The Bible refers to them as idols. Now, if you read the Bible, it talks about these idols that back in the day, they would literally form and fashion an idol, an actual idol, like Indiana Jones and Raiders of the Lost Ark or whatever it might be that you can actually physically see out of wood or stone or metals or whatever. But we don't do that as much anymore today. So let me tell you what an idol is. An idol is anything that you look to in life to give you something that only God can give you. An idol is something that you look to in life to give you something that only God can give you. And what's interesting about idols and some medicators is they aren't even necessarily bad things. In fact, it can be anything, maybe even a good thing, that you make the ultimate thing and it ends up becoming a destructive thing. And usually this becomes destructive when our eyes are closed because we've lost balance or maybe we close our eyes because we don't want to actually pay attention and take inventory of the things of my life because I want to avoid the pain. Hey, we have gotten so good at this. In fact, many of us have made a life out of disregarding and ignoring the hurt and the pain and the habits and the hiccups that I've been, I've experienced my whole life. And so if I just shut my eyes to them, maybe they'll go away. And the sad truth is many of us in this room have been saying that for much longer than weeks and months. The years have actually turned into decades. But we don't have to live that way. 
God just wants us to open our eyes. And this journey to discovering freedom, step one is awareness, just being aware that I have some blind spots. Step two is discovery. I've got to discover what it is that I'm still struggling with. I've got to actually open my eyes to the things in my life. So the question then that we must ask is how do we open our eyes? How do we open our eyes to the things that we're struggling? If there's medicators in my world, and I may not have said yours, but you can probably identify what it is. How do I open my eyes? Well, I believe in order to enter into discovery, in order to open my eyes, I need the wisdom to face my past. Have you ever asked yourself or wondered why it is that I face the same issue over and over and over again in my life? Have you ever been there? Where it's like, oh my gosh, here I am again. Why did I do that again? Maybe the question it is, is that why am I not seeing change in my life? And I think if we're honest, most of us know the repetitive choices of our life that we don't like. And we honestly would say, I don't want to live that way. I want to change. In fact, one of the chief writers of the New Testament named Paul said the same thing. He said, there's these things that I know I need to do, and for some reason I'm not doing them. And then there's this whole other list of things that I don't want to do. He didn't say this, but I wonder if Paul was illustrating there's medicators in my life, and I don't want to keep going back to them, and yet I find myself time and time again, over and over again, running right back to them. And we ask the question, why am I not seeing change? And I wonder if really... The follow-up question is more important, and that is, what am I holding on to from my past? What am I holding on to? What is the chief motivator that drives me to that place of a medicator or an idol? Let me just tell you this, and this may not sound encouraging, but I feel it's important to state that if your past, it's not your past if it's still impacting your present. Your past is not your past if it's still impacting your present. Regardless of whether or not your pain is close to the surface or buried deep, if it's still affecting the present, it's going to hinder you from becoming who God's called you to become and from experiencing a life of freedom. And I think so many walk into a church or, dare I say, never come to a church because they're at a place of just simply feeling empty because they've just been holding on to this so long. And it really will prevent us from becoming who God's called us to become. Why? All of us need healing. All of us have been hurt. You cannot escape this world without hurt from your past. You can't. As strong as you are, as talented as you are, you cannot escape this world without pain and hurt from your past. So we've got to deal with this thing. And here's the challenge. We think that we can isolate our pain to our past. Like, you know what, it happened five years ago, six years ago, ten years ago, for some of us, twenty or thirty years ago. And so we'll just leave it there as if it's not going to impact my marriage or my parenting abilities or my journey to discover purpose and destiny. I just want to challenge you, friends, that if you and I don't learn how to transform our pain, we'll just transfer it relationship to relationship. Many of you have seen this pattern in your life. Year to year. You ever been to that place where you just like, 
Why am I here again? You ever been angry with the people in your life, maybe even reactive, and you know it's not their fault, it's what you're walking through internally? Not enough of you are shaking your head. I see your anger right now. Relationship to relationship. You know what the Bible says? Generation to generation. And we wonder why it is that we struggle with some of the things, same things that our parents struggled with. Maybe it's because the people in our world didn't work through and deal with their pain as well. And this can look like so many things. This could be a secret sin that you've been hiding, hoping nobody ever finds out. In fact, it may be the one reason you didn't want to go to a connect group because you're an honest person, but at the same time, you don't want to get in a place where you have to speak up and talk about what you're struggling with. Maybe it's a broken marriage, and you just can't seem to figure out why it is. Maybe it was a miscarriage. It doesn't have to be a sin issue. Hurt from our pain can come from many sources. Maybe it was a miscarriage you have. I'll never forget when Megan had a miscarriage, we were driving home. It was actually a tubal pregnancy, and it was this kind of crazy emotional roller coaster for three weeks, and I just was driving home from the hospital after they gave her a methotrexate shot, which kind of just kind of sealed the deal. This is over, and I just kind of burst into tears. And it kind of took me by surprise because I hadn't had enough time to grow attached to this child that was developing inside of my wife, and yet... I felt such an overwhelming sense of loss. And some of you in this room haven't just had one miscarriage. You've had multiple. Or maybe you made a decision to get an abortion. And every time you come through the doors of the church, you think, man, I hope nobody finds out. Maybe you was your freshman year and that girl or that guy was such a bully and it just... You couldn't get over it. Maybe it was a surprise divorce. You had no clue was coming. And it just kicked your tail. Maybe for some of you right now or in the past was an overbearing, critical parent. Isn't it interesting how quiet we get when we talk about real issues? And so many of us struggle with these. And we close our eyes to them and just think, if I just put my head down and motor on, just keep on going, it'll get better. And we're fooling ourselves. In fact, the truth is we're almost doomed to repeat it. This is what happens when we close our eyes. So I actually need the wisdom to face my past. But I also need the courage to deal with the present. I need the courage to deal with the present. It's not just the past, it's also the present. Repeat after me, and I want you to actually do this first service. I had to make them say it three times, so don't be afraid. You don't have to sing, it's okay. Repeat after me, say, it's okay, it's okay. to not be okay. Great job. We're going to cancel first service and just stick with second. <laughs> Let's say it again, it's okay, it's okay. to not be okay. Now, if we could just believe that. If we could just believe that. So many of us are plagued with this notion or idea that nobody understands what it's like to be me. And I see so many other people, so much strength. I wish I had that, but I don't. 
having awareness to deal with the present doesn't, doesn't come easy. It's, it's not easy. But it's okay to not be okay. You know what comes easy? Denial. Denial is easy. Covering it up, that's easy. It's not going to be easy. That's why we need some courage to do this. And, and I'm afraid that unfortunately this can be a challenge in the church. And what I love about the movement church is you're committed to authenticity. When we started our connect group on week one, I said, okay, we're going to go around the circle and just kind of share 30 second window into your life right now. And every guy's like, oh my gosh, this is my nightmare. Don't make me talk in front of other people, let alone people. I said it twice because that's so true. And I went to the first guy and he said, do you want me to be honest, PC? And I said, please do. And he was. And everybody took a deep breath. Not because of his story, but because they thought, does this mean that I have to be honest too? And they did. And something miraculous happened. We didn't cry and hug it out because we don't do that. We burnt things. No, I'm kidding. Everybody was honest, and it blew my mind. I just wonder, can we be that kind of church where it's okay to really not be okay, even if you already know Jesus? Can we be that church? I think so. I think you need it, and I think I need it. We need it. That's the only way we experience freedom. That's the only way we experience change. And you have to ask yourself, do you really want change? Or just the appearance of change. Because if your desire to hide your pain is greater than your desire to change, then you, my friends, will not change. If your desire to hide your pain is greater than your desire to change, then you won't change. So I need the wisdom to face my past. And I need the courage to deal with my future. But we can't just end the story there. In fact, you can kind of feel some of the tension in this room. When we talk about real issues, and even if I may have shared a story that is exactly like yours, then all of a sudden I've, I've lost track of what it is that Pastor Kerry is saying, and now I'm beginning to explore and think through the, the chapters of my life and the ones that I want to erase and delete and burn and remove and the ones that I like to, to focus on. And now I'm just kind of thinking, man, I don't know, do I have the courage to face my present. Well, I just want to tell you that the discovery and opening my, my eyes isn't limited to just the wisdom to face my past and the courage to face my present. We need this third component. We need the faith to believe that healing is possible. That's the deterrent for so many of us. We hold on to the hurt of our past. We hold on to shame and regret because deep down inside, we don't actually believe that healing is possible. In fact, we can have faith for someone else. We can cheer on the story of someone else's life change while simultaneously believing at the depth of who we are that that can't happen for me. And I want to tell you that is a lie. And it's not God's truth for you or for me today. In fact, I just want to encourage you with this one thought that Jesus has never loved you more than he does right now. He has never loved you more than he does right in this moment. Wait, Pastor Kerry, I don't know if you realize. No, I don't, I don't realize. I don't know your story, but he does. He knows you when you rise and when you lay down. 
He knows you before you speak, before the words are on your tongue. He knows you and he could never love you more than he loves you right now. There's this amazing snapshot, like an Insta story, if you will, without cheesy filters into the life of Jesus. And I think this is the part that we forget about sometimes. It's found in Mark chapter 2. And the writer, whose name is Mark, oddly enough, just kind of takes this snapshot into Jesus' life. And listen to this story. Maybe if you're like me, you can relate to some of the characters. Later, Levi invited Jesus and his disciples into his home. Oh, goodness. Praise the Lord. Everything's okay. Let me back. Everybody's trying to see around me. Sorry. Later, Levi invited Jesus and his disciples into his home as dinner guests, along with many tax collectors and other disreputable sinners. A tax collector is just somebody that Jews hated. That's just a great way to say it. But when the teachers, oh, I missed that one part. There were many people of this kind among Jesus' followers. But when the teachers of religious law, who were Pharisees, saw him eating with tax collectors and other sinners, they asked his disciples, check this out, why does he eat with such scum? It's a good group of people. When Jesus heard this, he told them, healthy people don't need a doctor. Sick people do. I've come to call not those who think they are righteous, those who know that they're sinners. So if you're here today, do you know you have hurt and pain in your past? Then you're the one that Jesus is here for. And this is where we get this amazing nickname for Jesus called the Great Physician. Another translation says that I've come not for those that are well, but for those that are sick. My friends, that's what hurt and pain from our past does. It is like a sickness. But it's a sickness we have an anecdote for. The antidote, not anecdote. And it's Jesus. He's exposed to all of your past, all of your present. And the greatest part, he's exposed to your future and the hope that he has for you. He did that in a moment on the cross. When he took pain and shame and sin and condemnation and and you may feel like you don't deserve it and guess what you don't nor do I that's why it's called grace you cannot earn it so you cannot eradicate your past enough to be loved more by God you cannot get rid of your pain enough to be loved more by God he loves you more now than you could possibly fathom Let me tell you this. Time doesn't heal all wounds. God does. God does. And it's your choice. It's mine. We choose what we do with this. God created us to live life the freeway. We've got to be aware of some blind spots and then discover what that pain and hurt and habit and hang up is so we can actually do something about it. Let me leave you with one last scripture. In my favorite chapter in a book called Romans, chapter 8. And it says, No, in all these things, we 
are more than conquerors through him who loved us. I love this. I am convinced that neither death nor life, nor angels nor demons, nor present or future, and I might add, nor past, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, not mistakes, not failures, not your habits and your addictions, not your medicators, nor anything else in all of creation will be able to separate you from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. Hey, God is bigger than your history and he's a lot more concerned about your destiny. He's bigger than your history and a lot more concerned with your destiny. So you just say, God, here I am. This is, this is me. With everything I got, good, bad, and indifferent. And in that song, Jesus have your way, becomes a little more real. I'm right here. Jesus have your way. I bring everything that I've got, no pretense, no hiding. Jesus. How many of you would just say, you know, I really do need Jesus to have his way with my life. Would you just raise your hand? Hands are all over. Thank you for being honest. Can I just for a moment pray? Would you just bow your heads and, and close your eyes? Maybe nobody looking around, nobody moving. Jesus, have your way. I think the Holy Spirit's doing something right now with that. God, we just, we don't want to interrupt what you're doing. Lord, like we're talking about today, let there be light. Let there be light. God, where we're blinded, would you open our eyes to that? And our prayer that you would do this in our life, that you would have your way. Jesus, have your way. What's God dealing with you about specifically? What's the, the hurt, maybe the pain from your past? What's the thing that you're holding on to? Can you let him have it today? What if you could leave here different? Maybe just make this prayer your own right where you're seated. Maybe just say, God, here, here's my hurt and my pain. And I give it to you. And I believe with faith there's healing for my future. In Jesus' name. 
Everybody look at me for one moment. We got a little bit of a redirect in how we're doing our service. I would hate for, for you to leave today without experiencing the fullness of what God has for you. And sometimes in moments like this, we, we need to have a conversation. So immediately after today's service, we're going to have some prayer teams up here. They'll just be waiting here. And if you need prayer, it doesn't mean you're broken. It just means you just need prayer. And they want to pray a prayer of faith with you. Because I don't want to leave here. It would be so easy because it's the time when we're supposed to shut down a service and to go into, hey, we want to pray for those that maybe you don't know Jesus and first timers if you're with us. And man, we're going to pass the containers. Now go get your kids because they're going crazy and miss what God is doing here. So I'm going to shift a little bit, but I want you to know we'll have a team of people. I'll be down here too. My wife and Pastor Gurley and Chris and Nicole will be down here. And we want to pray with you. Pastor Scott's going to put his bass guitar down in a minute and come down and pray. If you need prayer, we want to pray with you. Can we do that? This isn't in the schedule. But I think God's trying to do something right now. And we don't want to miss that. So before we go any further, there's some of you in this room who just need to start a relationship with Jesus. I'm not talking about church membership. I'm just saying start. You don't have to get good to get to God. You just start and let Him do the rest. In a moment, I'm going to pray a prayer. And if you're here and you've never started this relationship, then as I'm praying this prayer, I want you to just repeat it after me. No embarrassment. No getting out of your seat. And let's begin this journey. And look at me. Some of you in this room have been running from God, and today's the day to come running back. Would you one more time just bow your heads and close your eyes? Nobody looking around. If you're here and you never prayed this prayer, or maybe it's time to pray it again for the first time in a long time, just say, dear God, I know you're real and I need you. I want to start this journey. I've tried it on my own and it's not working. Just make this statement your own from the depths of your heart. Just say, Jesus, I give you my life. In Jesus' name. If you prayed that prayer with us today, we are so excited to be a part of this journey with you. Would you email us at info at theocmovement.com? And if you're not in the area, we would love to help you find another life-giving church near you. Send us an email at info at theocmovement.com and we'll get back to you shortly. Thank you again for listening to another inspiring message from The Movement Church.